0: AM 1060 KDUS Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale, Phoenix.
1: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp.
0: Third and one, multiple tight ends, Conner, sledgehammering in for the touchdown! Connor in the big return to the state of Pennsylvania where he was growing up and the school and city he played for in college and in the NFL respectively. A nine-yard
1: touchdown run!
0: That's why they split him out like that.
1: First down and goal. McCaffrey, again, and for the fourth time today, Christian McCaffrey scores a touchdown.
0: What a block. There was body contact, but that was a great vertical contest by the big guy.
1: Love drills the corner three. That's his third triple, 16 points.
0: You call out a five-point turnaround there. What looked like an easy two for A.J. Storer turns into an open three for Caleb Love. First play, a lot of minutes now. Edie to home into the Purdue Start on the ground to the 30-yard line. Goes Joshua Kelly. That ball is out as well. Raiders think they have it. Here come the officials. They do. Oh boy. McConnell. to the end zone. Touchdown Raiders. Trey Tucker, his second of the night.
1: Yeah, here we go. Final seconds of the half, third and nine. Prescott flushed out of the pocket. Look at the run. Dak Prescott is in. Touchdown.
0: We've got man coverage. They alert it. Get people crossing. Going to be a keep. It's going to be all the way to the end zone for Josh Allen. Spencer Brown, the right tackle. Just blew open a hole. The underneath of the field is still wide open in this situation. Wilson over the middle, caught, touchdown!
1: Cortland Sutton! And the Denver offense has come to life in the second half.
0: the 32.
1: Goff, climbs it. Goff launches, got a man. End zone,
0: touchdown! Jamison Williams is becoming a big play threat. And he's got the Lions within a score.
1: First down from the 46, Jackson looks to throw, given time, wide open is likely, it's playing
0: coverage, it's a Ravens touchdown! 240 yards of offense for Jacksonville, 107 for the Steelers,
1: Lawrence sets and throws, a deep shot, it's caught by Etn. Etn is going to take it all the way, touchdown Jacksonville!
0: He's thinking we got three downs here to get four yards. See A.J. Brown, he's kind of tucked in behind the right side of the offensive line. Hurts keeps it, A.J. Brown makes a move and he's in for the touchdown.
1: Smith fires over the middle. Great grab by Metcalf out in front and he will go all the way for a touchdown. 73 yards <laughs>
0: dial 602 260 1060 that's 602 260 1060 or tweet the show at KDUSAM AM 1060 and
1: now here's your sports zone guide Bob Kemp on KDUSAM
0: AM 1060 Welcome to the Friday, December th- 15th, right? December 15th edition of the Sports Zone, not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUSAM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2100.7. Cardinals Niners, who you got Sunday, ATS in Glendale. U of A Purdue, who wins the Saturday basketball showdown at Indy. The Chargers, is it now time to move on from Brandon Staley? Cowboys at Bills, who you got Sunday to just win the game in uh, Buffalo. Looks like good weather for Buffalo in December on Sunday, but check your local listings uh, or, you know, the forecast on Sunday morning. Who knows? But look, right now it looks pretty good. And then the rest of the NFL weekend, pick any game, uh, ATS, and also what else caught your eye since our last show. Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments with the introduction of today's pipeline, 10:15 a Cardinals and 49ers preview. Matt Maioka will join us from NBC Sports Bay Area. 10:30 or so would be interactive action at 6:02, 260, 1060, and also the local roundup. That'll include, in some uh, part, a Suns and Knicks preview for tonight. And in the final segment of the sports, zone will be the national roundup, topped by. A brief uh, Thursday night uh, football recap. Actually, it's not as brief as I originally thought because there were so many milestones, good and bad, set last night in that uh, Chargers-Raiders debacle. Then after the sports zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, it is the extra point. Hosted by Kayla, that will include the final Friday spread of 2023. Right now, onto the pipeline we go.
1: Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion.
0: And we start with the KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. Today's question is, who you got Sunday in Glendale, Cardinals plus 12 and a half, or the 49ers minus 12 and a half? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. I am, and the masses are in a 50-50 split between uh, Cardinals plus 12 and a half and 49ers minus 12 and a half. The Cardinals, likely the more healthy team coming off of their bye, while the 49ers have been without five starters at practice the first couple of days of this week. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, who wins the U of A Purdue basketball showdown on Saturday at Indianapolis? And once again, Kayla has the early returns. U of A with a slight advantage here at 53.3% of the vote. Purdue sitting at 46.7%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060 the unbeaten Wildcats are the nation's top-ranked team in this week's human polls. Actually, for the last couple weeks, they've been number one now, while the 9-1 Boilermakers were ranked number one in some of those preseason polls. Meanwhile, Spain the globe from zero points to 63 points. That's what the Raiders did from Sunday afternoon to Thursday night. Should the Chargers move on now from Brandon Staley, or should they just stick with him until the end of the year? or through the end of the year, to be more accurate. And we try to be more accurate. The Cowboys and Bills. That uh, tops the rest of week number 15. The Cowboys have been on a roll, but the majority of their success has been at home. Who wins Sunday at Buffalo, the Cowboys or the Bills? The rest of the NFL week slate includes three Saturday games, Vikings at Bengals, Steelers at, Bills, uh, Steelers at uh, Colts, and also Broncos and Lions, while the Sunday slate, pretty weak, quite frankly. Uh, But it does include the Sunday night game, the Ravens at the Jags, certainly an important game in the AFC. And then on Monday night, uh, since we won't be here on Monday, let's throw that in there too, Eagles at Seahawks. So uh, we urge you to predict any NFL game, ATS, this weekend, whether it be Saturday, Sunday, or Monday night. In addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye? ...since our last show, all the way back to yesterday. Uh, that's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060. Or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity... If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That will be followed by a Cardinals and 49ers preview with Matt Myoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. Also the uh, local roundup. That will include at least some. Suns and Knicks preview for tonight. Sean Marion put in the ring of honor tonight. I somewhat joked yesterday, but really wasn't maybe joking that much. Maybe they can see if he could play. Still, because if he plays now, he's probably better than any Suns defender on the current roster you list of the sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSA AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7.
2: Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings
1: with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS, AM
0: 1060. It's a fitting song here, Whipping Post, by the Allman Brothers. I'll get to why it's fitting in just a couple of seconds. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLux HD2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. Just a few moments ago in the last segment during the pipeline, we mentioned and uh, questioned and asked whether uh, the Chargers should move on from Brendan Staley at this point or they should wait till the end of the season. Well, they've decided to let him go. He's now been officially. Officially terminated, as has Tom Telesco. I think it's, I'm not sure what Telesco's official title is. He's like the uh, personnel guru dude, general manager, etc. They're both out after last night's embarrassing loss on Thursday night football to the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, on to better things. The 3-10 and, two, uh, the three and ten Cardinals, excuse me, 3-10 and ten Cardinals, um, they're, uh, they're home underdogs, double-digit home underdogs on Sunday in Glendale against the 10-3 uh, 49ers. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports zone by Matt Myoka of CBS Sports Bay Area. And Matt, always good to have you. Uh, the 49ers, when Trent Williams and Debo were healthy, uh, they're unbeaten this season. What has most impressed you about the 49ers to this point? Well, by
1: the way, it's good to hear your voice for uh, at least two times a year uh, during the regular season, yeah. anyway. Um, mm-hmm. What's impressed me most is probably that this has always kind of been seen as a defensive-minded team. The defense has kind of spearheaded the 49ers. And this year, the at the very least, the offense is the equal of the defense. And I'd say that the offense is even better. So this is a team that can win a 13-10 game. It's a team that can win a 38-35 game. Uh, They just have uh, star power and explosive players on both sides of the ball. And uh, because – Gilbert's own, actually, I think, is it Queen Creek? I think that's where he lives, where his family lives. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's just say Perry High Zone, uh, the the Pumas, (laughs) uh, because they have Brock Purdy playing on a minimum salary contract, and they will have him playing uh, for the remainder of this season and all of next year as probably like the 45th highest paid player on the team. They're able Mm -hmm. to pay... A lot of money for guys at every position, so uh, they they really do have star power and high, highly paid players at every position on the team except for quarterback, and he's he's um, you know a legitimate MVP candidate, and this isn't you know forget any kind of qualifiers or anything else. The 49ers' offense is as good as it is because of Brock Purdy behind center.
0: Okay, we'll get into Brock and uh, some of the defensive star power here momentarily. First up, uh, heading into this week's game, uh, the Niners have got some injury concerns. Uh, are some of those guys legitimately not going to play this week against the Cardinals?
1: Yeah, I don't think either of the defensive tackles will be up there. So no Eric Armstead, no Javon Hargrave. So it'll be uh, Javon Kenlaw who was a number fourteen overall pick back in twenty twenty. He's in his contract year. He, the one thing that he's been able to do this season that he hadn't done in previous years is he's been healthy. So he's been improving. But they're going to rotate a lot of different guys out there. You know, they still have uh, Nick Bosa on one side and and Chase Young on the other side, and you'll see guys moving around. You know, Randy Gregory and who knows Chase Young and. And Nick Bosa, they they might line up inside sometimes in passing situations. I'm sure they'll do some creative things. Uh, Steve Wilks will, as far as lining those guys up and and some sort of turbo package, where they get after the quarterback on third downs. So they're they're going to play a lot of different guys uh, on the defensive line. But you know their their top priority is just to make sure that nothing lingers with Hargrave or Armstead, and that when you know the games uh, turn into that single elimination thing, that tournament um, that begins second week in January. They want to make sure that that those guys have a chance to be, you know, their best chance to be healthy and uh, nothing lingering. So uh, those guys, probably those guys, I don't expect to play. Charverius Ward, their best corner, is kind of iffy at this point. Um, And I think those are the the, the main ones. You know, most of their injury concerns at this point are on the defensive side of the ball.
0: All right. You know, in addition, you mentioned that tournament, but before, you know, between Sunday and then the tournament is they play Christmas Monday night at home against the Ravens. Does that play a role into whether these guys play this week or not?
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, you're talking about another day of rest for next week, another day to get better. But, yeah, no, I, 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 I do think that, uh, you know they just don't want to push it with these guys at this point in the season. Uh, their practices are, are pretty tame right now. Pretty much going through just walk through types of speed. Um, but yeah, I, I mean I'm sure looking ahead a week, it's like, boy, if he can, you know, get through this week without playing some of those guys and then get another day of rest for for next week uh, against a team that. You know, on paper, anyway, looks to be the, their biggest challenge before the postseason, and and these games are important for the 49ers. I mean, it, they are the number one seed in the NFC right now, and so they control their own destiny. You know, if they if they win these final four games, it's it's Arizona, it's Baltimore, it's the Commanders, and then the Rams. If they go four and zero the rest of the season. Uh, they get the week off and home field advantage. So those are those have been the priorities for this team since the season started, and and now uh, that goal is very much in reach.
0: Matt Maiocco of NBC Sports Bay Area, currently in the Sports Zone. Okay, we've been talking about Brock Purdy for more than a year. Um, yeah, every time we talk, he seems to have gotten better, <laughs> and as you mentioned, he's now legitimately an NBP candidate this year. What has made Purdy – why is this offense so much better right now with Purdy than it was with Jimmy G or a different quarterback? Uh,
1: He just has this innate ability to see the game in real time the way most people see it a day later with a clicker in their hand. And I'll I'll give you an example. I mean, this is a guy that that, – when you said we've been talking about Brock Purdy for a year, like it's been almost literally only one year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I think his right. first start came, I think his first start came like December 11th, uh, somewhere around. I think it might've been December 11th or some sometime around there uh, last season. So we haven't been talking about him for very long, but I'll give you one example. Last week, uh, th- there was a play call where uh, basically Debo Samuel didn't think that he was you know, going to have any chance of getting the ball. So he admittedly said that he wasn't, you know, running his top speed uh on his pass route and that the play was gonna be uh basically a ten yard hook to Juwan Jennings. Well Juwan Jennings was open and instead though Purdy sees the safety, Jamal Adams, behind Jennings, but he saw him flat footed and so he was he made a millisecond decision. Oh, I'm not gonna throw it to Jennings for the for the easy pitch and catch and the first down. It was a third down play. Because Jamal Adams is flat footed, I'm gonna go with the deep shot because Debo Samuels gonna get over the top. And so he did, and instead of a twelve yard completion for a first down, He throws a 54-yard touchdown pass to Debo Samuel, and that's just kind of next-level play. That's just one example, but it happens repeatedly where this guy is able to recognize stuff in real time that most quarterbacks don't. And I I tell you, Bob, it's completely changed how – Uh, Not that this is important at all, but it it completely changes how I view the quarterback position because most of the times when you're watching college quarterbacks, you know, people, oh my gosh, this guy's going to be a great pro. Oh, look at his arm. Look at how accurate he is. Look at, you know, how he's able to make those plays, but that's not quarterback play in the NFL quarterback play in the NFL is being able to see all those nuances and to be able to anticipate, I mean, very few times in, in, in the NFL are quarterbacks throwing to wide-open guys uh, down the field. It just it, it rarely happens. Oh, it might happen, you know, a, a time or two a game, but, but it doesn't happen all that often. And what Purdy is able to do uh, more or better than a lot of quarterbacks who've played a long time, is that he's just able to see, you know, pre-snap what the defense is showing. And if the defense does something else post-snap, he's able to immediately pick up on it and make a split-second decision. And time and time again, he throws it not to the open guy, but to the guy who's going to be open. You know, there are many times when you watch him on the All-22, and if you pause the the, uh, the video, as he's breaking his hands and getting ready to throw, you can't tell who he's throwing to because it looks like everybody is covered, and then he just has this this innate ability to have trust in the offense, trust in the receiver, trust in himself, to put it to a spot and allow his receiver, based on the, the route and the defense, he puts it where the guy is going to be and where the guy is going to be open it it's it's been amazing to watch him play
0: fred warner flipping this to the defense i think he's become my favorite nfl defensive player to watch uh you you've wow. seen every snap of his career uh you know what what stands out to you about him
1: yeah no that's that's interesting you say that cuz i i kind of think that maybe he doesn't get the recognition or uh you know nationwide that maybe he deserves um, I don't know that he's ever really talked about as NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and, and he certainly, you know, he won't get it this year. But I would, I would suspect now that the AP has started. Uh, I think all the voters vote for five guys. I think he'll get some votes, and so you'll start to see his name maybe as a top five candidate or top seven candidate. Um, he's just, been, you know, they, they've done a really good job. I, I think in, in there, there was a time here it wasn't all that long ago that it wasn't a great locker room. You know, there were guys that were kind of sketchy. They've done a really good job of just getting the right kinds of people. And it's, it's not just, I'm not, not just talking about character, but just guys who are passionate about the game who take it seriously, who also know when to have fun and, and are, are just, you know, seemingly very decent people. And Fred is at the top of the list. I mean, he's, he's really a good guy to be around and, and everybody who's around him in the locker room, uh, you know, has nothing but but good things to say about him. And he's just, he's a guy who's just really quickly grown into that role of leadership. I, I still remember his first his first uh, off season with the team where they decided almost immediately, he's going to be the middle linebacker and he's going to get the green dot. And he was so sure of himself and wanted to make such a good impression. He was very loudly, you know, in huddles telling, you know, the rest of the defense, you know, what, what the defensive call it was. And they had to, um, they had to tell him, Hey, Fred, you can't be so loud. The (laughs) offense can hear you. But it was always – it was also seen as a really positive thing because a lot of times you give that green duck to a rookie and he's unsure of himself. And it's like, hey, can you speak up? I can't really hear you. You're not saying it with conviction. He was saying it with too much conviction. And so, you know, they they managed to kind of dial him back a little bit. And, uh, I mean, he's just been a really good player in all facets of the game. You know, he's over 100 tackles for six consecutive season he has four interceptions and he's just a solid all-around player and solid all-around guy
0: Uh, I've been a Kyler Murray skeptic for much of his career here with the Cardinals uh, but he's had some really good moments against San Francisco Uh, what are the Niners saying this week about Murray and uh, the first time they're going to see him in a non-Cliff Kingsbury offensive scheme I get the sense that I get the
1: sense that there's a, a lot of respect for him, and that I think, you know, talking to some guys, they feel like what he's put on film. Uh, will this be his third game or a fourth, the fifth game or fourth game? I guess it's fifth. This right? would
0: be this is fifth game. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I sense that in watching his previous four games that the Forty ers think he's a better player, and I don't know that the stats bear that out, but. And, and his rushing yards are probably down from what they've been in the past. But um, I, what I've heard from guys is they feel like he's more of a threat from the pocket while also still having that running ability. But, you know, I think what really impresses defensive guys that I've talked to with before are, are quarterbacks who can can beat you from the pocket and who play. I, I hear this a lot, you know, guys who can play the game, you know, play quarterback. There are some quarterbacks that the 49ers, you know, their game plan is if we can just make him play quarterback, going would be all right. In other words, keep him in the pocket, uh, make him go through his reads, make him make him just play the game and, and, just, and see the coverage. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. I mean, Jalen Hurts two weeks ago, the 49ers' the entire game plan was keep him in the pocket, don't let him escape through the B gap, and keep his running yards to a minimum because they did not think that he could beat them after the first read. I mean this is stuff that Nick Moses said, you know, publicly. And it turned out <laughs> yeah. that they were they were right. You know, he he froze. You know, they could take away his first read and then he kinda of froze and, and never and held the ball for a long time and, and they didn't make any plays. I don't get the sense at all that the 49ers believe that Kyler Murray uh, is incapable of, of beating them from the pocket. I think there's a lot of respect for, for what he has shown coming back and, and maybe that, that time that he's been on the sideline, maybe that's given him um, an opportunity to maybe have gained a better understanding of, of the game a better understanding of defenses and a better understanding of what his job is as an NFL quarterback. So no, I I, I don't I didn't get the sense at all that the Forty ers believe, hey, we can just run the same game plan uh, we did against Jalen Hurts and, and beat Kyler Murray. And I think they have a lot of respect for him.
0: All right. Bottom line on Sunday, as I mentioned at the top here, the uh, the Niners, a consensus twelve and a half point road favorite in this game. Any prediction for the game on Sunday?
1: Um. I think it'll fall right around that number. I, I, I think that um, I actually think that maybe because of some of the guys who are going to be out, it it, it won't. Uh, the you know the 49ers certainly aren't going to be looking past this game. I think they'll win decisively, but I could see I could see the Cardinals hanging for a while. I mean, my my impression has been that the Cardinals play very hard. I think they're well coached. I they look to be a, a, a far better coached team than they have been the past few seasons. So I could see them hanging for a while, but I just think the 49ers have too much firepower, too many playmakers. Um, I mean, this is a team that scored touchdowns on six consecutive possessions against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. So it you, you can, most teams can keep the 49ers offense down for a series or two or maybe three, but with just so many weapons with, you know Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Debo Samuel and and Brandon Ayuk and with Purdy playing as well as he is um I just I just I, it's it's a really difficult offense uh to keep off the board for long stretches of time so i, I think that the uh the Cardinals just don't match up with the 49ers from a skill standpoint
0: Matt good stuff as always I appreciate it and we'll see you on Sunday sounds good thanks a lot Bob yeah, my pleasure, as always. Matt Myoko NBC Sports Bay Area. Good stuff, as always. Some interesting insights uh, about Purdy and uh, and Fred Warner. And I'm not kidding. Uh, Fred Warner has become my, you know, I'm pretty sure. There's a couple guys I really pay attention to defensively in the NFL, but I'm watching the Niners, and he's the guy that I'm watching the most. All right, next segment, phone call time. General discussion if you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. Uh, also, the plan is to at least talk a little bit about the Suns and the Knicks in the next segment with a little local roundup action. Time pending also, maybe some ASU basketball. They play TCU tomorrow. It's not a technically a TCU home game, but it's like five seconds from their campus <laughs> in Fort Worth. Uh, so it's going to be a home crowd for sure, but it's not in their home building, so to speak. Uh, so we'll get to a little of that, that uh, Hopefully, maybe. We'll see. But um, mainly your phone call time, 602-260-1060, general discussion. You're listening to zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and CastleX HD2 100.7. Do what's best for the team and we'll do what's best for you
1: the rich eisen show coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m here on KTUS am
0: 1060 and ktus 1060.com the app
1: it's time for today's local roundup
0: we're back to the sports zone with bob kemp on kdus am 1060 and Kiss Lux hd2 100.7 in addition to the local roundup it is phone call time if you'd like to jump aboard 602 602- 260-1060, one last time in 2023 in the sports zone. 602-260-1060. All right, out to the KDUS hotline. Actually, we'll, you know, we will don't have a call right now, so we won't go you know, out to the KDUS hotline right now. Uh, today's uh, local roundup, we'll go to that. Uh, the Suns, they have a losing record uh, at home. The Knicks uh, have lost three straight road games. So what happens tonight? Most importantly tonight, Sean Marion will be placed in the Suns ring ring of honor, so uh, good move there by the Suns for sure. Back to the game, the uh, 13 and 10 Knicks uh, are now 7th in the Eastern Conference in the uh, in the NBA. The Suns are 13 and 11. They are 10th in the Western Conference. The Suns 6-7 and seven in home games, 1-2 and two on their current five-game home stand. Also, uh, you know, a positive uh, for the Suns, one of the few, quite frankly, to this point. They are 5-3 and three in games decided by fewer than five, than four points, so close game. They've done uh, better than okay. The Knicks, uh, for the season, 6-7 and seven on the road, uh, they are... Uh, they're a really good rebounding team, really, especially in the offensive glass, and that's something to pay attention to tonight because the Suns have had some very poor rebounding games this season. Meanwhile, uh, also tonight is the second Suns and Knicks meeting, the second and last uh, of this year, unless they play in the finals. Uh, the Suns won 116-113 to 113 the last time. That was on November the 26th. That's when Devin Booker... Uh, He had 28 points in the game, but he also had a game-winning three-point field goal uh, in that contest. Jalen Brunson, who I've liked for a really long time since his days at Villanova, uh, he's turned into a really good starting NBA point guard. He led the Knicks that day against the Suns in uh, November with 35 points. For the season, Brunson's averaging 24.6 points per game, and also he's a good rebounding guard. Uh, that's another thing to pay attention to tonight because uh, I think the Suns, uh, you know, you haven't seen enough of Beal yet, so I'm not sure, you know, how he does on the boards, quite frankly. Uh, but, you know, Booker is a good rebounder for a guard. But, uh, you know, the Suns rebounding, as I mentioned, has been a little iffy. Uh, so we'll see what happens tonight. Also, uh, the last 10 games, both these teams are just kind of staggering their way along. They're both 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. One other quick local roundup item: uh, ASU basketball. Uh, they play Saturday at TCU. It'll be the second uh, road game of the year. Uh, this is not a true road game because I mentioned it's not exactly in the home building uh, for TCU. But the Dickies Arena is where this game's going to be played in Fort Worth, which is like minutes away from the TCU campus. ASU five, five and three, no six and three. Excuse me, uh, six and three. Uh, in uh to begin the season, of course this is a I'm sure that this gonna be billed as a rematch from the NCAA tournament from last year when TCU eliminated ASU in a very close game in uh, Denver. However, there are very few players in this game Saturday that were actually playing in that game last year for the respective teams. All right, on to the phone lines we go. Monroe and Glendale, what's going on, Monroe?
2: Hello, Bob. Hello i just called to wish you guys a merry christmas and a happy holiday and hope that you yeah. are safe throughout the season so we can have you back after the new year and we'll do our best to get back as well
0: well i appreciate that you know it's a good way to sum things up and uh, good deal there and uh, yeah i'm gonna you try to do as little as possible, and uh, your safety uh, should uh, not be an issue. Hopefully.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you're in a, a Raw Sterling episode of Twilight, Zone. <laughs> you should be. That's okay.
0: true. I was. I was never a big Twilight Zone guy, or whatever. I'm not a big science fiction guy, or whatever you call the. I don't even know how to define Rod's this Rod Sterling age of uh, of uh, television, but I never really got into that show too much. So. But I understand. Yeah, yeah. I understand the premise, so I don't want to do that. I don't want to you know, fall into the twilight zone.
2: When we get back, it should be pretty clear that Texas is back. <laughs> uh, I expect that the Steelers will not have won another game, and therefore Whoa. will have met their their annual two to four losses to sub five hundred teams.
0: And and, and, I, and we'll have well the uh, you know Mike Tomlin finish above five hundred chase every year yeah, right do yes, that again.
2: Well we'll have we'll have that discussion. We will be talking about whether or not um, uh, the kid from uh, LSU should be the number one draft pick over Kayla Williams. We'll be talking about that. A, a bunch of other things. Other things that have transpired over the the next couple of weeks.
0: Okay, that sounds fair. Um, uh, yeah, I think we, I, I'm not sure if we're gonna. You know, the way that these playoffs have bunched up in the NFL, I don't know if we're really gonna have a whole lot of. Um, you know, there's gonna be some separation, but I don't think there's gonna be a ton of separation because I think there are so few really teams that so few times you can count on every week that I don't know if there's going to be that much separation in the standings between today and by the time we come back on January 2nd.
2: Yeah, probably not. I think it'll be one more game left. It'll be a meaningful game. It'll be a divisional game. So it could very well uh, be the deciding game in some cases. I know uh, I think Mm -hmm. the Steelers last game was against uh, the Ravens. And so – There could be several games that are deciding games. But um, at any rate, you guys have a good holiday, and I hope to hear hear Bob and Kayla again next year.
0: That's the plan. So I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Monroe. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas or however that's supposed to go. Happy holidays. That's, I guess, the, the, the best thing to say. All right. Thank you. All right, and Glendale, good talk to him. Real quick, couple things from the Cardinals yesterday. Yeah, uh, you know, Marquise Brown was limited in practice, which is a step up. You know, the last time that they played a game, which seems like a very long time ago, against the Steelers, he left in the third quarter of that game with a heel injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Remember, they had the week off, and he still didn't practice on Wednesday, but he was a limited participant yesterday. Starting to wonder uh, about Jeff Swaim, uh, who's a really good blocker. And, you know, one of the reasons the Cardinals are such a good running team and when they're ahead, they've been able to run the ball very well in many games. Uh, the fact that he is such a good blocker as a tight end and almost, uh, almost all the running plays that uh, you know, have success, he's got a part in those. Uh, and he has not practiced the last two weeks because of a back problem. And once again, you know, they had a week off and he still hasn't been able to practice the last couple of days because of that back issue. Starting to wonder uh, if he's going to be able to play on Sunday. And uh, also, uh, you know, the the fact that Michael Wilson has been back, at least participating, limited participant the last two weeks. He's missed the last few games with what was called a shoulder injury. Now they say he has a neck injury, uh, but he's at least out there on a limited basis. And then the last two days, Kyler Murray with the thumb injury. Uh, which I'm not exactly sure when that he suffered that, but you know he has been a full participant the last two games. But uh, I think one of the first things to pay attention to on Sunday is uh, you know is, he, is he, you know, his accuracy. If he has a deep throw early in the game, not necessarily down the field deep, but you know long, you know, you know across the field, you know hash mark to hash mark. Uh, you know, sideline. Uh, you know, one sideline to close to the other sideline. Long throws. Uh, is he going to be able to do that? That'll definitely be uh, one of the first things I pay attention to on Sunday is whether he's able to make those throws. So, just a few things from the Cardinals practice report yesterday. All right. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's sports. Um, that'll be after Corey's uh, news update, and uh, that'll be. Uh, uh, we'll have the conclusion of today's show. Uh, with the National Roundup, I really didn't plan to talk too much about this uh, Chargers and uh, and Raiders fiasco. If you're just tuning in, Brandon Staley, by the way, and Tom Telesco, top executive for the Chargers, have been officially fired this morning after last night's debacle. I'm going to talk about a couple of the things that happened in this game last night, or the historical relevance uh, for some of the things that happened last night in Las Vegas. There's been a lot of historical things that have happened in Las Vegas before, (laughs) non-football related. I've had a couple of things happen in Las Vegas before, non-football related, Uh, but uh, there were some things that uh, have not occurred for a very long time or never uh, last night in that game or non-game in uh, Las Vegas.
1: Carving out time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM
0: 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's sports zone for 2023 with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD2 100.7. Okay, quickly from the debacle last night, uh, the Raiders, of course, they didn't score last Sunday, but they had 42 points by halftime, scored 63 points in the game, and they beat the Chargers 63-21. to Once again, if you're just tuning in, Brandon Staley, head coach of the Chargers, no longer the head coach of the Chargers. Uh, Tom Telesco, general manager of the Chargers, no longer the general manager of the Chargers, both fired this morning. The Raiders set a franchise record. They've had some really high-scoring teams in their history, by the way. Uh, They set a franchise record uh, with the uh, the uh, 63 points. They had previously scored 59 points in 2010 in a 59-14 victory at Denver. They led 42-0 at halftime. Uh, That's uh, just three points shy of the NFL record for a halftime lead set in 2007 by uh, the New England Patriots, led Tennessee 45-0 in halftime that year. Uh, in addition, the halftime deficit, the largest in Chargers history. Uh, they were down 31-0 to the Patriots in 1997. And uh, it was a stunning turnaround, obviously, for the Raiders, as I mentioned. They had a, you know, they, they basically three nothing loss on Sunday and the the next game is just an offensive explosion. So good for them. All right, quickly, uh, some notes from the head, from the headlines and from the wire, I'm going to start, uh, with, uh, you know, basically, you know, Max Scherzer had back surgery. He's 39 and this just came, I just saw this in the last 10 minutes. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure when he had it, you know, there's all kinds of back surgery, but back surgery for anybody, let alone a 39-year-old pitcher who's had some health concerns in recent years, doesn't seem like it's the best thing for him. Uh, you know, maybe it will be the best thing for him because he had back surgery. But you get the idea. Meanwhile, the Dodgers officially introduced she- Shohei Ohtani yesterday, um, and uh, you know they also today uh, you know ex- signed Tyler. They agreed to terms with Tyler Glass now on a contract extension. And this trade, supposedly, with him coming to the Dodgers, along with Manuel Margo, Manny Margot, a really good defensive center fielder or outfielder, he can play center, play anywhere, uh, for Ryan Pepio and Johnny Deluca. That trade was apparently contingent contingent on the uh, Dodgers agreeing to terms uh, with, uh, with, uh, you know, with with, with uh, you know Glass now on a contract extension. Apparently, that has happened this morning. Meanwhile, the Phillies reportedly amongst the teams interested in free agent starting pitcher Yoshi Yamamoto. Uh, there's going to be a whole, there's a whole bunch of teams interested in him, and he's going to make a lot of money. It's the Dodgers supposedly interested in him, but I don't know if they're interested now. I'm guessing they're not uh, with uh, you know, the trade, this, or the, the terms uh, agreed to with the trade now with Tampa. Jack Flaherty, a one-year $14 million deal uh, with the Detroit Tigers. I think that's a good move for Detroit and uh, small market Detroit. And last weekend uh, they signed a former Diamondbacks relief pitcher, Andrew Chafin, in addition, who was there once and came here and went back to Detroit. Remember he was here, went to Detroit, went to somewhere else between, in between, I can't remember who, but uh, he's been back and forth between Arizona and Detroit. Where would you rather live? <laughs> so, no offense to Detroit. Well, I guess it is offense to Detroit. Uh, there's no way in hell I would live in Detroit compared here. Uh, and also, the world champion Rangers signed uh, you know, free agent pitcher Tyler Malley to a two year contract. He's really good when he's healthy. Most importantly, Dick Vitale announced that he's cancer free and he hopes to be back broadcasting by the end of this season. If he's back, that'll be his 45th season at ESPN. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. And for 2023. Stay tuned. The Extra Point is coming up next. Friday Spread Time hosted by Kayla. Also, phone call time if you want to jump aboard 602 260 1060.